0: Yo, what's going on, beautiful people? Welcome back to another week of Respect the Game podcast. Shout out to new listeners who are listening to us us tonight, whether that's on YouTube or whether you're riding your car listening to us through whatever streaming or audio uh, app. Um, My name is Edward. Please stop what you're doing, as always, and go follow at Stats for all your up-to-date sports coverage, high school level, college level, and the pro level. And like I always say, uh, if you're gonna do a podcast, make sure you do it with your, with your people, those you love. Um, so yeah, Shyheart is old, man,
1: charismatic, good, excellence. That's Twitter, Instagram, SoundCloud. Just a couple of days ago, it was not Instagram because it crashed. We'll get into that,
2: but yeah, man, let's go. Yo, it's the one and only Black Piece, the rap plug, the hip-hop plug, the host with the most that blows the most smoke, Black Piece, Yo, uh, check me out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, with Talking Smoke
3: Podcast. Be sure you go check me out, baby. Let's go, baby. This is uh, Coach Johnson. I am the husband of Jordan. I'm the father of Harper & Deuce. I'm here to help you see the game a little bit differently, help you to reason out your thoughts, and to uh, bring the controversy.
4: Good afternoon, beautiful people. I am the one and only Sebastian Xavier Miles. And on behalf of me and my brothers, we want to say
0: we love you and we're here for you. True that, true that. So Sean Har was saying, you can follow us on all social media platforms. For some people, that may be primarily Twitter um, or Instagram or Facebook. However, we didn't have those functioning yesterday. It was the Monday, we were shooting this on a Tuesday. So yeah, social media went down, it crashed, or whatever you want to call it, conspiracy. Hmm, who knows? I wonder what what, what are the inner workings of that. I personally started to think that I not pay my phone bill or something, like what's going on here? Why don't I, <laughs> why, is it, why is the Wi-Fi tripping in here? Um, that wasn't the case though whatever reason, it went down. I haven't read or come across too many articles yet as to what was the reasoning or as to why. But indulge just with a little bit of conspiracy conversation, if you will. So, Facebook and Instagram goes down, and on a Monday, and just so happened on Sunday, there was a sixty-minute episode, a sixty minutes episode that came out with a woman known as the Facebook whistleblower, and her name is Frances Haugen. The reason she is a considered to be a Facebook whistleblower, she was working inside of Facebook for quite some time, and she left left the company because she felt that they were intentionally controlling the algorithms which I don't think it which may not be breaking news to most but intentionally controlling the algorithms across the nations of what we what we as Facebook social media users internalize and so she was saying that hey there is a direct correlation between our mood changes and what we, with the information that they give us, whether it's hate speech, whether it's uh, misinformation, whether it's, it's seeing violence, they control that 98.999% of the time when it comes across our feed. And they are doing this intentionally, which obviously is bad when you consider the how big mental health is coming to play and people internalizing all this information on a day-to-day, day-to-day basis. So that's one complaint. Then she had the second complaint of Facebook and IG is becoming beyond harmful and a danger to young teenage girls. So this isn't just some claim she's made. She While working with Facebook, she secretly copied tens of thousands of pages that uh, had internal research going on. So before she got ready to leave, she was uh, taking all of taking all of this paperwork and these documents and like discovering those. So here's the quote, here's the quote from her on the 60 minute episode. And I'm probably maybe repetitive, but just giving you her side. The things I saw on Facebook over and over again was there was conflict of interest between what was good for the public and what was good for Facebook. And Facebook over and over again chose to optimize for its own interests, like making money. And so when you talk about just diving deeper beyond just saying optimize or what have you, um, she was basically referring to Facebook optimizes for content that gets engagement and reaction, but its own research, but its own research shows that all of that information they're feeding us, like I said, is divisive, it's hateful, it's polarizing. And keeping us individuals on Facebook and Instagram requires to continuously have that hateful speech. However, if you're giving us good stuff, good news or whatever, we're not as more susceptible to stay on Facebook. We're going to continue on with our business. Da, 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 da. But pumping that hate speech and all that hate content keeps people on, makes people more infuriated to comment, to like, to go through this, especially misinformation, especially when you're talking about recently coming out of like elections like that plays into it. And they again, they have their finger on the button that is feeding us this information when through they can switch the algorithm to give us a little bit more lighthearted content, whatever the case may be, but they're constantly dumping this, dumping this into the mad, the world's feed. To keep them, keep the lights going, keep the comments going, keep keep more screen time going, to, which again is continuously generating more and more and more and more and more ad revenue. And so, uh, if Facebook changes the algorithm to be safer for people, uh, less harmful, less hate speech, and all that good stuff, less violence, people will spend less time on the, on their on, on on the apps and giving out the clicks and less and giving out the clicks and the ads and so on and so forth, which as a result, one could assume Facebook would make less money, obviously, if less people are on the social media platforms. So, so yeah, so this, this all was put out on Facebook. Oh, I mean, not on Facebook, but on the 60 Minutes uh, episode. And on a Sunday, and as a result, on Monday, we see Facebook and Instagram crash, coincidence or not.
1: Um, uh, it was reported that uh mm-hmm. facebook which uh bought out instagram a couple years a few years back um that they were hacked and uh when they were hacked um, it was alleged that multiple i guess uh, segments of the uh program in itself had been erased, uh leading you know to you know false accusations of uh, with all of that missing data, you know, uh, Facebook and IG may not be recoverable, but, you know, top engineers and you know, software, you know, IT people within the world didn't let that happen, but I mean, my my guess is there might be a correlation for sure, but um, we're talking about a, a billion dollar industry and one of the most richest or most wealthiest and influential people within the world. I mean, that's a big drag in the sway, uh, especially if, you know, even if you're a top-notch hacker, or whatever the case may be. Uh, but I mean, he did allegedly lose, you know, $7 billion. You know why Facebook and IG were down uh, for about, I think, like five hours, something like that. But $7 billion to him is probably like $70. Or maybe like seven
0: hundred to us. I mean, that's a lot of money, but like, is it in the grand scheme of things? When you have that much, you worth one hundred twenty. Now, for you to say they well, lost it? seven, for you to say he lost seven billion in five hours, I'm just like, damn! And they call that a bad day. <laughs> <laughs> that may, they may Man, have been. thing. too that's what they used to.
2: Yeah, I think, too, though, like, I think this is a little bit more the conspiracy side of news versus Facebook. because They both do the exact same thing. So, at the end of the day now, how I, I don't quite know how the news and the uh, the news would inflict with it, but I do feel like this is the same situation that news has. So, at the end of the day, you'll never see a news segment where they're promoting basically saying that the news promotes bad news instead of good news all the time, if that makes any sense. So, I think Facebook did what any media would do like the newspaper is not about to go out there and post a article about how the news is always telling you negative things so facebook is not about to let you do that thing either they just have more control and with their control they just literally press the button so instead of just like the news not showing the segment about the news showing only bad stuff or an article being denied about showing how the newspaper shows negative stuff they the, the, the facebook just did it the way they knew how to do it which is to shut everything down and to make it less um, conversation about it. So, at the end of the day, this has been going on for years. It's just that Facebook is the most, I, I guess you could say, the less sneaky out of all of them. I feel like any source of news uh, media is going to show the negative more than the positive because the negative has more things to talk about. That's any of them. They've always done it. They'll never try to show you the positive things. You know what I'm saying? You always see that one Facebook picture that says, I dare you to post, I dare you to share this post. I bet you want to get a thousand likes because it's something good. And no matter how much that seemed like a clickbait slash thirst trap, you know, like, hey, man, click on this so and get my likes. It's, it's the truth, though. It's like it's good news is not going to get that attention like bad news is because bad news attracts comments. It attracts your your opinion or how you like it. it. It attracts, you know, what you're actually interested into as far as dramatic random things because it's random things happening all the time. And those things want attention and they got to figure out where it needs to go to. So at the end of the day, man, like this is nothing new. I feel like there's been plenty of situations where, like I said, the news could have came got uh, bashed about um, bringing out negativity because that's why'm that's why I', I watch the news because I could watch a whole episode of the news and get one segment that was actually positive and made you feel good and, you know, that's It's just what they know. They know like, okay, this is way more interesting than something that's good. You're gonna talk about it and be more interested and be more emotional about something that's negative. And something positive, and I mean, that's just the way media works. So, Facebook, I believe they they did. I, I believe they uh pressed that button, said, You know what? We're gonna press hold on that one time. You know, we're gonna save our revenue, we're gonna take that little small little pinch in the butt, but we're gonna keep it moving, <laughs> keep getting our money. So, yeah, ain't nobody it about to stop this bag from coming in. It is crazy how, on, mm-hmm. it's on, crazy play.
4: how once we don't have Facebook and Instagram it's a thing. It's not like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I didn't have Facebook. You, didn't have, you know what I'm saying? It's not like we move on. It's like, it's a real issue, a real big thing for motherfuckers to not have access to their social media. It's just how disconnected the world has become away from the way it used to be. It's just like, hey, but you know what? Change is good. I won't lie, but maybe that was some time to like kind of reconnect with real life. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's just looking at the glass half-full type shit. You know, like you said, it's always feeding us all this negative energy. You know what I'm saying? Maybe we needed a motherfucking break. You know what I'm saying? To kind of redirect a little bit.
2: And not to be the uh, hero, but I didn't notice that either one was off yesterday because I was spending quality family time not to be the hero of the day. But yeah, this is the facts.
0: I didn't know until today. <laughs> how beautiful. Oh, how sweet. <laughs> oh, good. <day. laughs> but no. Uh, I just found out that uh, <laughs> Facebook was down. So, I'll second Um. Well, yeah. So, to wrap that up, I feel where you're coming from, Darnell. I think because the masses has more so shifted to social media as opposed to your daily news. It's always been the case with the news. If it bleeds, it leads. Uh, with my broadcasting background and journalism, I've heard that numerous and numerous and numerous of times going to school in Syracuse as well as a uh, Wiley College and even got into with professors when we had to go cover news stories like I'm like in class like yo you don't think this shit the person to have to do this day after day after day <laughs> but they just like that's all I know. Like what do you what do you want? Yeah we'll stick to sports. Bye. <laughs> but yeah, if, if if it bleeds, it leads, man. If it bleeds, it leads. I would encourage people out to try your best to unplug on your own without Facebook or any social media app having to crash. Unplug on your own and truly understand and know that your life really isn't in your phone. So, yeah. All right. We're going to go ahead and bring in the hot stuff. Uh, we're not going to be around the bush. I do believe there's only one undefeated team left in the NFL going into week five. And that just so happens to be the team that Shine is a blaze with the guns out. <laughs> he got the guns out of you if you're not watching the pod uh, tonight. Yeah, man, the Cardinals are 4-0? 4-0. 4-0. 4-0. 40. Are that Forty. coalition also for the record? Yeah, man, the Cardinals are four and oh. So if y'all do know, Coach Johnson has not in in no way, shape, or form believed the height of the Arizona Cardinals. Isaac and Sedacious. Sedacious kind of been quiet about it because he mentioned it very early beginning stages when we started the podcast. But I mean, if you're avid watching or a true follower of the podcast, you for certainly know. Sean Hart Izzo told y'all coming into this season that not only the Cardinals were going to the NFC Championship, but Izzo, I think it may not. It, it's I don't think it's a debate at this point. I think Kyler Murray may no longer actually be a dark horse MVP. I think he's, <laughs> I think he's a front runner with, with the way he's looking. But uh, yeah, Cardinals are four and Uh Is it time for Coach Johnson to put some respect on? Kyler Murray and Coach uh, Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury
3: name. So, the question of the evening, is it time for me to put some respect on their names? Uh, It is definitely time for me to put respect on Kyler Murray's name. I have not been buying Kyler Murray. I've been selling him. And uh, after two weeks in a row of me seeing Kyler play, uh, in structure, uh, within the offense, a uh, majority of his plays that he that he has made uh, have been, uh, you know, within the offense. Uh, not not a lot of razzle dazzle. Yeah, not not a lot of razzle dazzle. Let me do something that only you know two or three people in the world can do, and that's only going to happen two or three times a season uh, to get uh, likes on Twitter and uh, you know uh, and stuff like that. No, he has played. He does that
1: every game, but go ahead.
3: Uh, he hasn't. No, he hasn't done it the last two games, and he hasn't had to. He has played within the structure of the offense. Uh, he hasn't go. I mean, if you go watch the highlights of the last two games, yeah, he yeah he scrambled outside the pocket, and yes, he you know he ran for stuff. But um, That's first two, the first two games, the first two games, it was spin around, spin around, spin around, uh, run around the pocket for eight seconds. Oh, a guy comes open, let me throw the ball downfield, da-da-da, right? That was not what was happening his last two games. If he scrambled outside of the pocket, it was to run for, for 10, 20, 16 yards to get a first down or to buy a couple extra seconds to get it to a guy. But he didn't even have to do that a lot. He played within structure. He hit guys when they were open. He is making A.J. Brown, not A.J. Brown, A.J. Green actually look like a receiver. Um, uh, and I am 100% buying – I respecting Kyler Murray. I am hesitant on Cliff Kingsbury. I am hesitant on the Cardinals, but I am 100% buying Kyler Murray. Uh, if he continues to play this way, uh, I mean, hand this man MVP. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm, I am with Kyler Murray. Though. Go ahead.
1: I think you know where I'm going with this. Um, it is classic. Coach Johnson, to split the fence,
3: and I'm splitting the fence. Both sides. I am not splitting the fence. I am clear. Hold I am on. clear. <laughs> this
1: I am dude clear. Is a I'm respecting
3: both. That's, like, that's, that's why I posed the question bad. that way. That's why I told. Yo, hold on, man. We wanted to pose the question. I'm gonna let oh, you. Hold no, on. I'm, I'm gonna let you finish. I'm not gonna say anything after Edward, this. Can you referee on what you do mean? pose the question the right way. Edwin, before we start the podcast, there's a reason why I asked you why, why I said we need to pose a question this way. You said something about the Cardinals. I said, I'm not talking about the Cardinals. I'm talking about Cliff and Kyler. I am respecting Kyler. I am hesitant on Cliff. I am hesitant on the Carlos. Okay, right there. That's clear. Right. That's, that's where I'm at. I'm not that's, too okay. I'm not both sides in it. That's where I'm at. Go ahead, Sean Hart. I'm done. I'm, 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 I'm going to move myself. All okay, right. you going not have you... to interrupt
1: me, bro, to reiterate a minute and a half synopsis of what you just said, bro. And Edward, you did not referee and jump in and coach, coach, coach. I-, I needed some of that at that time, but it wasn't given to me. That's amazing. <laughs> we'll talk about that in another day. But the crazy part about it to me is right, you say that if Kyler Murray keeps playing the way he's playing, you know, who look out uh potential MVP and, and To that, I say this. Does he not play the most important position on the field? Does he? Uh,
3: Yes, that's why I said. Okay.
1: So, with that being said, he can affect the game at any given time because he's touching the ball every single play. So, with that being said, if they are 4-0, and I believe the old Bill Parcell adage goes, you are – who your record says you are. And if they're 4-0, and if I look at the teams that they beat just recently, the LA Rams literally taking a fucking shit on their front yard and leaving it there, that, that's what they did. They stomped them. Like if they're doing this and they're holding that in that offense to to the as many points as they did, uh, regardless, or minus the the bullshit uh touchdown towards the ending. Uh, They pretty much held them in check. They held them under 14 points, which was uh, amazing. Um, To hear you say that you are hesitant on the Cardinals, I think it's a bit of an oxymoron, right? It's like if you're all in on Collar, essentially you have to be all in on the Cardinals, being that he's leading that pack and that charge. And the reason I say that, if you look at the MVPs over the last, let's just say five years, they have each gone um, a good ways into the playoffs minus Lamar Jackson, you can say, as far as the defense into the playoffs. So um, I think that would kind of go into the trajectory of my pick of them kind of maybe uh, being within the NFC Championship game and really having a chance to win that. So it, it was just, it smelled like a little bit of both sides of the fence to me, which it was because you do it very convincingly, might I add. Uh, you, that was very sneaky and compelling argument how you were hesitant on the Cardinals, but you were all in on Calabari and how he's this, and he's so great. Watch how he could be MVP. And, and I'm like, wow, that, that's, he's all of this. I, I wonder where the Cardinals would be, you know, with him, you know, doing all of these great things because notoriously the MVP is won when the team is successful as well. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how well this uh this fucking lightning streak I've been on last, man, you know. Hey Izzo,
0: who, who, who we'll caused calls the pass real quick? hold on, hold on, hold on Who calls caused, who caused the plays on offense? Uh, Cliff. Cliff. Okay, Cliff. Cliff. Right. So, thank you for that, Izzo. So that's gonna bring my question to uh to Christian. So, my thinking. They've been playing well the past two weeks, according. Well, past four weeks, if you ask me. But to what's been appeasing to Christian's eyes is the past two weeks. Mm-hmm. You said that Kyler Murray has showed that he could play within the system. He can play within the offense. He doesn't have to be razzle-dazzle, play hero ball. Mm-hmm. If he's looked like that the past two weeks and he's played within the offense, and I just told me that the offense that he's playing within is the offense that is being called by Coach Cliff Kingsbury. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not casting yeah, any yeah, yeah, I, I, I see I'm just yeah. 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 saying so, how is it that you believe in Kyler but not believe in the system that has that has brought um what's the word that I want to use? How do you believe in Kyler but not the system that he's been placed in to look, Lord, look at what he's looked? Gotcha. So that's being called by coach Cliff Kingsbury. Okay.
3: We we we'll get we'll get to this later, but I, I was, I'm gonna i to touch on this real quick. So uh, Kyler uh, Kyler is playing at a level where he is playing beyond the system, where we know for certain, where we know for certain that the system is not making him play this way, right? The system is not necessarily hurting him, it's not hurting him, but it's not it's not uh, making him play this way, right? Versus, versus, we'll get into this later with Justin Fields, right? Justin Fields, looked Rocky last week, a different play caller this week, called a system to allow him to play within that, or to, play, to play well within the system, okay? Kyler Murray is playing at a level where all you need is an average play caller and he's going to look that, like that. You just need somebody not to F it up.
0: So what I hear you saying and just tell me if this is not what you're saying is you're sold on Kyler and his ability, but you're not sold on Coach Cliff Kingsbury because you feel like it may be the result of Kyler just so happening to make Coach Cliff Kingsbury look good when he may not actually be that good. Is that what you're saying? Uh, okay, here's what I'm talking
3: about, me not buying Cliff and me being hesitant on Cliff, right? Um, uh, Cliff, me, to me, for me to buy an office coordinator – you got to be in the top echelon, like you know, top five, top eight play callers in the league. I don't think Cliff is there. I, I don't. I don't think Cliff is there. Right is why I say I'm hesitant on Cliff. Right. I would not put Cliff in the same conversation with with uh, Joe Brady, with a Sean Payton, with a John Gruden, with a Brian Dayball, with a. Uh, uh, I don't believe
1: in John Gruden as a play caller. I like Kellen Moore better out of Dallas. He's had.
3: Uh, with, it, with, with the, years, with the so. to tell him more uh you know, uh, so I, I wouldn't push him in that category with those guys, okay? You're saying that's crazy.
1: That's craziness. That's ludicrous.
3: Okay, that's, that's, the, reason, that's your thing. the reason why,
1: the reason why, if you think about it, this is the perfect culmination of Cliff Kingsbury being there for three years, right? So year by year, we've seen it get better and better because this is what the air raid potentially had the potential to be, right? Coming out when he was running air raid with Patrick Mahomes at Texas Tech, Patrick Mahomes was putting up godly numbers that just didn't necessarily correlate to wins. But now on the hardest of levels in the NFL, you see Cliff Kingsbury with maturation time, a competent GM, a owner that's willing to spend in free agency, right? Bringing it, bringing in the likes of J.J. Watt, them having great draft picks, in my opinion, with choosing Isaiah Simmons, uh, this. Last year, um, and then just recently, uh, them picking up the speedy, uh, elusive receiver, uh, Randall Moore. I mean, they they've shown competence over the last three or four years in drafting, and then they have a clear direction on offense. And what I think I'm seeing now is Colin Murray flourishing in a system that he's keep in mind he's been in three years now, and we've literally seen him get better and better each year. And now it's no surprise they're top three offense. I think they top three yards. And I think he's uh leading the league in touchdowns. I think total touchdowns. It may be Thanks. Patrick Mahomes right now with 13, but uh I
0: think Kyler may be right behind him. Yeah. Cliff, uh Cliff been calling for all three years. All- Cliff,
3: Cliff, yeah. Cliff, Cliff, okay. Cliff has been calling Cliff has been calling for all for all three he years. He's
1: been shooting that pistol all these three years. He he the one behind the shoulder. Cliff, he ain't Cliff the not- okay. bullet though. That's Kyler Murray.
3: Cliff, Cliff has been calling for all three years. Right. Um the, the the thing that I would give Cliff credit on, right, is he has been very creative in his run game design, right? His past game, mind you, right. Uh, the, the, the his past game stuff is, is as simple as 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 everybody else in the NFL, right? Even the stuff that he started out, he's that he came into the NFL doing with the air raid, he's not doing as much of that anymore. He's doing basic NFL concepts. In the past game, uh, uh, his where where he's becoming, uh, you know, may, maybe being taught as far as the top echelon of uh, offensive coordinators is his run game design stuff that he's doing with Rondell Moore and uh, James Connor and, and Colin Murray using all three of them. Uh, and uh, uh, the other guy, I forgot number two. I forgot his name. Uh, but that's where I, I can just give just, credit. Just but in the past me. game stuff is just, it's still as simple as everybody else. He, he's, he's not doing as much of the – the regular air raid stuff uh, that he that he came into the league start starting doing, um, but uh, I would not say that Cliff uh, sure does Cliff have some sort of uh,
1: but that goes to show that Cliff has evolved as a play caller. Because he, ha-
3: he has Cliff. evolved as a play caller, but am I going to give Cliff the credit for? Oh, so he has but, evolved as a play caller, but he yeah. hasn't. Okay, I, I don't,
0: I don't, okay. I, that's what I disagree
3: with. I I just okay okay. If if everyone's following, following, I used to crap on Cliff. I used to crap on Cliff. I just kind of equated him to being average. And last week, I gave him credit for for his run game design. But I'm still not buying Cliff because if I had to go out and hire an offensive coordinator today, Cliff Kingsbury would not be on the list. If I had to go out and and get a quarterback, Kyle Murray would be on the list.
0: I love the Cardinals play call. I'm not even going to lie to you. Uh, That's fine. I don't. I mean, That's fine, too. We don't, we don't have to not have And, and, and you don't. just
1: think it's just college just being so freaking magnificent, which no, I was, would agree with. He is. But I'm looking at these plays, and I'm like, he's, he, he's getting put in some pretty advantageous situations.
0: Okay.
4: Yeah. Sometimes he's
1: better. Let's go to Kingsbury. The, the he's in the outlet, running back side of the backfield. He's in quick game if the blitz is coming. You know what I'm saying? Especially uh, up the A-gap, like right in his face, he's making right reads. He's making hot reads. Like, he's doing everything you're asking a player of that caliber to do. But I just can't sit up here and discredit Cliff Kingsbury. You just gave him credit for evolving as a play caller. It's not necessarily all air raid. So, that, I mean, that, that would attest to maybe Kyler has taken a leap because it's not all air raid, what to say. Is that not right? Could we not make an argument because Cliff Kingsbury is the her, her. As a play caller, we've seen Kyler Murray go to the next level. Kyler Murray has always— I'm not, not going
3: to give Cliff Kingsbury the credit, the credit to Kyler Murray. This is—, this is all right, all right. Oh, Hold on, hold on, 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 on. Here's a test. On, test on. Here's a test. Here's a test. Here's a test. If you put— If you put— We're saying Kyler Murray's playing at MVP level, okay? If you put a, a very good quarterback who's not playing at an MVP level in his offense— this offense takes a dramatic drop. Not just okay. a one-step down, a Pin dramatic that. drop.
0: Pin on it, sedacious. Say what's on your heart. No, so
4: I I disagree with the fact that Cliff Kingsbury has evolved as a coach, as a, what, play caller? Because mm-hmm. like Christian said, when he first came in, he was air-raiding, and the league had never seen it before, so it was a shock. But once the league adjusted to it, and he had to – kind of incorporate some basic shit for Kyler to be able to have the run and the pass. You know what I'm saying? Like, to really have a good balance of it. I feel like that's why now Kyler Murray is, is saving this nigga's job if you ask me, because he's making, <laughs> he's making passes. He's making passes, though. It's like, damn, the way Cliff Kingsbury draw that up, if Kyler Murray don't make that pass, like, zip that hole in, that's a pick. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's some you know what I'm saying? So Kyler Murray is really like shadowing Cliff Kingsbury right now because he really just been kinda of molding along. Because these niggas should have been what they what they doing right now, they should have been doing it. if if it was clean. Cliff Kingsbury and his system. But now that he like kinda adjusted this shit and whatever he did, and Kyler Murray is really what's the key, bro. Oh they're whatever. doing basic shit. Whatever he did. They basic yeah. shit. Right. They're doing basic shit with Kyler Murray.
3: Yeah. Shit, can man, I can, know, can I equate exactly it real quick? Can I give a can I give a uh, an example? As long as long it's, as it's not really done. Yeah, it's gonna be quick. <laughs> if we go if we go back and look at at the 2010, 11, 2012, 2013 Green Bay Packers. Okay, Aaron Rodgers was playing at MVP level all those years. They went to Super Bowl, and all of this stuff, right? There was constant, constant complaint about the Mike McCarthy offense. Aaron Rodgers used to even talk about how frustrated he was with the offense. Yet, they were putting up points. Uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers was playing at an at MVP level. But everyone around the league knew that there was frustration with the Mike McCarthy offense. Even though it looked great on Sundays because the guy at the trigger point, who, like Shonhart says, is the most important player on the field who's touched the ball every play, made it work. I, I'm situation
0: in Arizona. I talk. I'm gonna toss this to Isaac for closing remarks and no rebuttals after Isaac. Okay. Uh, so I hear. I hear what they're saying, oh and I'm more so leaning on your side because they like, I don't know if Sedacious and Christian are just simply saying, "Yeah, he's," I, I they don't really like the passing game. Okay, okay, fine. That's 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 whatever. You know. But I feel like there's a totality as a quarterback calling the offensive, like, play and scheme and, like, the the balance between pass and run and how to run and when to pass and so on and so forth. Like, I feel like there still should be, like, credibility for that, regardless if you think it's simplistic in kindergarten routes. I still feel like there should be, like, credit or, like, respect paid to just that call, calling those players and knowing when to call them. Like, to that you say what or how, like, how do you see it? Uh, you know, uh, I didn't
1: call him I didn't call him Joe Brady. I didn't call him Kellen Moore. I really like Kellen Moore's play call Uh I, I think he calls an excellent game. These past couple of years he's been uh top three coordinators. I don't think he's three. I think he's debatable top two. Uh and then, you know, Call me crazy, man, you know, when I, I acknowledge somebody's girl, you know, uh, even a coach. So to be competent enough to – how many coaches do you know currently? They just don't give a fuck. They're like, you know what, this is my system. I'm going to just – you know, the players should do something different way. We're going to run our system. It works. It's proven it, all that other bullshit. But they still in the same position, picking in the top 10 every year. <clears> they <throat> get You know what I'm saying? Like, it's shit like that, man. But, you know, I, I just think Cliff Kingsbury, I'm not calling him the best shit since sliced bread, but I damn sure ain't saying that he ain't shit either. You know, he he's definitely grown as a play caller and he's grown to be, I think, above average. I'm not going to call him great,
0: but he's definitely
1: above average right now.
0: All right, so look. And right we're, now, we're, at, at
1: this moment in time, right now, he's above average.
0: After this, after this, it's going to, and you can chime in too, Darnell. After this, we are going to bet that. Simple numbers. 100%. What are you giving to Cliff? What are you giving to Kyler? 70-30, 60-40, 55-45? Whoever wants I'm to gonna know say, I'm going right, to say okay.
1: I'm going to just say just because Kyler's third year in the league, I got him at uh, I got it at Man, I got it at sixty-five percent collar, thirty-five percent Cliff. But that's—I mean—that's still—that's still—that's still a decent, a decent size.
2: I think that's okay, man. Tyler as a
1: player, but that's also giving a lot of respect to
2: Cliff being able to switch up the offense. Okay. But didn't uh, didn't Cliff didn't he get there at uh, the same time as uh, Curry as Murray? Yeah, absolutely. 50 yeah. 50. That's just me. I give it 50 50 based on They did. They've together, been it. 30 And it's yes. a rookie. Yes. But, yeah. All right. right. So I, I got to give it a fresh start, fresh success. Dacious.
0: How much y'all are giving DeAndre Hopkins? Dacious. <laughs> we Cliff, we Cliff, in, we Cliff in Kyler right now, bro. Please. Sounds good. <laughs> I'll give, I give Cliff a
4: 20 year and I give Kyler. A forty-year.
0: There you go. That's what you got. <laughs> so that you give him forty percent to Hopkins and AJ Green. Okay.
3: All right, Christian. Uh I, I would not give that much at all to Hopkins. He hasn't produced uh, well in the past two games. But I give eighty percent to Kyler Murray, twenty percent to Cliff. And you can leave the twenty. All right. <laughs> oh,
0: shit. I mean, even. Injured, but bet that bet he got, it, he got it it on to take two niggas off the defense, <laughs> 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 Back
4: on, like, hey, He got it. First he, he didn't hurt.
1: He's hurt. He and he bet, just had the fucking best corner in the league on him. Just bet that,
0: is, um,
4: Yeah,
1: bet that this week, man, Shai is uh, uh taking all bets. Um, uh, you definitely should adhere to this at your own risk, of course. Um, uh, but I have Justin Jefferson for the. Minnesota Vikings having a huge day. Uh, you should definitely take them over on receiving yards. Uh, they'll probably have it somewhere north of 60. Um, you should definitely take the over on that. The Lions are an abysmal team. Haven't been able to really put it together this year. Uh, look for them to have a big day. Uh, no surprise now uh, with this next guy. Uh, Dak Prescott, man, against that giant secondary. I'm looking for CD and Amari to have huge days. Um, And with that being said, I'm not necessarily maybe foreseeing uh, that go off yardage wise, but if they have them set at two and a half touchdowns, uh, you want to take the over on that. For sure. For sure. And then last but not least, Clyde Elvis Hilaire, um, going up against the number one defense (laughs) in football right now, that being in the Buffalo Bills. Um, especially for fantasy. That's when I say number one, number one in fantasy, um, especially against the, the run-in. They're pretty top against the fast as well. Uh, look for him to struggle rushing-wise. Uh, they have it set at around 45, which I think they will, uh, probably around 42. It may be set a little lower because they, they're probably projecting him to have a bad day as well. Um, probably want to take the under on that. I don't really foresee them getting Getting 40 yards on that defense. If
0: he does, I'll be extremely surprised. But it's definitely, you're not going to uh, be doing your, your ears a dishonor, for sure. I, I think, uh, so, he didn't, I mean, he had a few posts, like, building up to the album. But it wasn't, like, no, like, on the media type tour to build up that, more so afterwards. I've seen him do interviews and stuff afterwards, the Million Dollar Worth the Game podcast, since it's dropped. And so, uh Darnell and Isaac, y'all right, you talked about the writer's block or whatever during the pandemic, and so when I was listening to the album, initially, like, I like when I first l- listened to it, I was just like, I don't think I really need this album, am I? Like, I wasn't, like, I didn't I didn't feel like the ecosystem of the rap world was, like, feeding for, like, a meat meal album, right? And so... Exactly. So when I initially started listening to it, I was kind of just like, I, I didn't feel, I was like... It's, just, it's not hitting for me right now. And then, and then afterwards, kind of going back, listening to the interviews and stuff like that to kind of just let me understand your pers- perspective in making this album, right? I'm assuming uh, if not all, a handful of those tracks was made either before or during the pandemic, right? So you got all these records on ice because you can't tour you can't go nowhere for a whole year and a half. So like these albums, are, like these records are just sitting. Like this may have been your 2020 album. You may have had a better rollout, but the pandemic messed up everything. And like, you got writer's block. You ain't definitely trying to go back and record, re-record tracks or verses. Like you spend time with your kids. So like, kind of just like, I've, so I, I kind of felt like this album was probably 90% of it was done before the pandemic and we just getting it now. Um, but I, like you say, I give it solid B, B plus. Expensive pain, you know. You just talk about like what that means in terms of just yo, I got people trying to steal from me, or I got people I'm trying to help. You know, what I'm saying? just the part. More money, more problems. In a better way, but me me calls it expensive pain. So I appreciate the album. I respected it after listen. I've been listening to it since it dropped on friday i've been listening to it living with it all throughout the week uh weekend and up until now normally when we have to review uh some uh, albums (laughs) here on the podcast immediately after reviewing them they go out of my playlist but me i'm definitely gonna keep that in my playlist for, for a little minute um so yeah, I think so me and Darnell, we was texting about the album this morning, and he was just like, yo, bro, this shit is trash. And I was like, I don't think it's trash, bro. Like, I think you're doing it a disservice, dog. And so I, I don't know if there's a bias to the question I'm about to ask you. And I don't think, I mean, I can't say what I think for you. I can but I don't really know how you think. I don't think Meek Mill is a trash rapper. I just think Like you say, he has had so many iconic singles that when you get a body of work from him, like, unfortunately, it's damn near like people still holding them, holding them to like the dreams and nightmare intro. You know what I'm saying? But when you go listen to his discography, you see like the growth from I used to have dreams and nightmares, but I'm somebody who has accomplished my goals and made millions and millions of dollars. And now I'm realizing that with all this money comes expensive pain. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's just like, you kind of... So I know some people might try to hold him into that grime, gritty. I'm still trying to get it. It's like, bro, he already got it. You know what I'm saying? He's in the police reform and other things like that. And he was also talking about during the pandemic, he's like, I wasn't, like, knowing I couldn't tour and, like, make my show money and so on and so forth, I kind of directed all my attention to, like... All the businesses i own like you know fanatics and so on and so forth and just enhancing like my my business acumen and my business portfolio and trying to invest and putting myself in a position to where if there is a pandemic again like music and not putting out music but not going on but not going on tour isn't going to bother me at all so it may have been writer's block or the pandemic or being cooped up in the house but it's like he kind of told people in the interviews like my focus during this time is like kind of went towards like off the court, like out the studio type business stuff. And you see him hanging out with billionaires, Mike Rubin and so on and so forth, Jay-Z and Robert Kraft and so on and so forth. So that's a lot of people he's dealing with with symbolize expensive pain and whatever he's going through, through making all the money he's making and dealing with people and so on and so forth. Um, So I don't think you don't like meat Mill. I think you have a personal gripe or vendetta against just like street rappers, right? Now, saying that out front, right? You could go try to go name like immediate street rappers that I know you like rock with tough, Sauce Walker, Max cream, right? So but if we push them off the shelf and like those are just like a given, whatever, like like Darnell, like you love Kanye West, you're a diehard Kanye West fan you told me yourself, J. Cole has literally, like, helped you pull yourself up, like, out of, like, depression and, like, bad phases. you like, your daughter knows The Weekend word for word, damn there, and I want to say J.D. too. What's up, nephew? Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, so you got J. Cole in your playlist. You got Kanye West Donda in your playlist, who, who people you all relate to. You got The Weeknd in your playlist. Uh, I can't, I'm trying to think of somebody else, four or five, Baby, uh, Baby King. Baby Cordae. King, Corday. Right, right. So, those five, none of these guys portrayed to be in any street affiliated activity. J. Cole made reference messing with the guys from the streets and having niggas from the streets go stand in line at admission offices. But none of these five guys that we just named are street guys in no way, t- shape, or form. And so, I don't think you dislike Meek Mill. I don't think you don't think he's a great rapper. Uh, though you may still feel like that, I just don't think you personally, what you had in your life in the maturation process or who you are now resonates with like that street rap of uh, like the type of stuff that Meek Mill gives out. Case in point. Case in yeah. point. Case hey. in point. Hold on. One more. Case in point. T. Grizzly, one of the hardest street rappers out right now. Wait, I tried to put you on early and you denied T Grizzly every chance we got it still on the hardest
1: street rappers out. I ain't trying to disrespect that man gangster, but he's definitely it's 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 it's, it's other dudes we could have named for sure, other than T
0: Grizzly. For well for I I have a T Grizzly
2: (laughs) I have a difficulty with and not the street rappers, bro. It's the street growth that does bother me. I do feel like, okay, bro, you can't be in the fucking streets the rest of your life, even though you have made it. At some point, you gotta grow as a person. So sometimes when I hear certain people rap, it's like Meek Mill, you've been the game 10 years, bro. Like, you're not a street nigga no more. I'm sorry. Like, you are successful. You like that's why I do I did appreciate it by actually giving the expensive pain a chance because he actually explaining that he was successful. And I didn't give it a chance to at first, which I definitely saw to work on my new year's resolution. But at the end of the day, that's what he was explaining, like his growth. And that's what I do have an issue with with a lot of street rappers. But a lot of new street, ra- no, a lot of street rappers now just they're starting to grow. Some take a longer time than others. But a lot of them, just like Jay-Z, it took forever for Jay-Z to really get out of the ignorant part of his life. It took him limited 20 years to get out of the ignorant part of his life and to say he grew up. It took him a fucking long time. So it's like, I, it faults it, their craft to a certain extent, but not all the way. It does put, like, a certain, like, bro. Growth on not mean maturity. Growth just means you're not stuck in the same box. Lil Wayne shows, bro. Like, bro, Lil Wayne, bro, you a street nigga, but you still grew up, you still keep in contact with the street. But you're still saying, like, dude, I'm growing. I'm more than just street.
0: Wayne really grown, cause like you can get like 30 gun bars in almost every other verse. So like is that like, like what I like, we what we? Yes, doing absolutely. Of? It doesn't matter I about guess. it doesn't matter about the guns and everything.
2: It's about the perception and the way you do it. Like that's even though I did give like up to that album, it still sounded like deep deal. It's like, damn me. Like you're still spitting like that same sound like what if i wasn't listening to your lyrics at all like that same thing you're bringing sounds like a couple years ago that's just like just not listening to your lyrics this is not listening to your lyrics and that's what a lot of people listen to to a certain point it's like bro like it is a combination of lyrics and rhythm and all that that makes a hit and i just feel like bro like you don't quite you you haven't matured in your flow you you have versatility but it's very minimal. It's like you're scared to step outside the box and just, just be I an artist. I you think may,
0: you may be mistaking his flow not changing or his flow still being the same as, like, he's, he's still saying or he's still on the same stuff, which I think are two totally but Like different. I said, like, that's what the confusion was with that
2: artist. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That's what confused me. Like, I'm still hearing that same flow, but the context is a long way, definitely not of portion. He's you not on, like so he's not on, like, Oh, I'm about to rob a nigga. Oh, I'm about to, I'm on the block. He's mentioning it, but he's mentioning it in a perspective of, that's what I used to do. Now I'm on to this business meetings and suits. And I'm like, okay, okay, Meek, you, you, you did it. But it's just like, it, it's kind of confusing. It's like, bro, that, that, the delivery you're delivering to me is still saying that you're in it. If I wasn't listening, I'm just vibing out. not really to your bars. I'm still thinking it's the same old Meek Mill, like talking this shit. But if I sit down, like, all right, let me listen, listen. Like, okay, Meek, you coming with it, you Come with some, you sound like the same old me, but you you definitely come in correct. You come in different, you come in mature. You're showing that that case what that case did to you and everything. So I mean, at the end of the day, man, it's just like I have nothing against street rappers. I love street rappers, but like Sauce Walker, growth. Growth. Max o Cream, growth. Like, uh, even a little dirk, even though he's talking about street shit, he's still showing that he can grow as an artist and get better and better. So at the end of the day. Uh, Pandora
0: oh, pandora's new, box. <laughs> new new artists. If you want to go listen to somebody who's like dope and may not fully be all uh, with the raw raw street stuff, La Russell L A R U W S E W. Uh, I promise you, you uh, will not waste your time going you to go check him out. New artist out of Vallejo, uh California. Definitely worth the listen. Uh got several projects out, too, by the way. Uh, he got timeless music. I think that's what makes a great artist, timeless music. But, yeah. Uh, how about those Cowboys? Hey, can I throw Baby Keem in there real quick before we talk about the boys? Yes, sure. Yeah, so Baby Keem is <laughs> another,
4: another artist to go check out. Uh, if if you ain't on it. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, he got a song out with Kendrick Lamar right now that pretty fed. Anyway, that's his cousin, by the way. Anyway, so yeah, Dak gonna get MVP. Don't worry about that. We're gonna win the NFC East. Don't worry about that. And we probably have to fuck around and see the Packers or the Seahawks or the Cardinals. One of those three teams. But either way, I think we can take their ass and, and go to the Super Bowl. With some of the disrespect on Tampa Bay. Yeah, the Tampa Bay, they're going to gonna get eliminated before the NFC, before, the, before they get too, too far. No objections this side. It's going to end up being one of them three teams to fight for it, to go against the Cowboys, for the NFC Championship, to go to the, to the Super Bowl.
2: Yo, I, I I vouch for him. i I'm I'm going with that. I'm gonna say they were getting eliminated early. I'm I'm gonna go on your train with that play.
4: I don't know when um uh, Demarcus Lawrence is supposed to return, but when he comes back, it's just only gonna
2: make this defensive line way more harder. Now, I, this is new information. How do you feel about Jalen Smith not being there? Jalen Smith? Yeah, he's a, he's approached apparently supposed to be getting released soon, according to NFL.com. Oh yeah, nah. Because it, be, it might, be where we don't, we don't need them.
4: And I hate, to, I hate to hear that. But this young. They were
1: just talking about deploying them more, like, and working them more into the system. This past,
2: like a few hours ago. But this young going be 11, bro. It's almost like it don't fucking matter though. Cause I was about to ask you, does it matter? Like, does that hurt? Cause he was looking like a monster in the last couple of years, so. It
3: doesn't, it doesn't matter. Matter that will
4: be fine. I'm, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just super excited about our defense. Um, I said this way back when we get Dak a defense. And, he, and and the nigga look perfect. He don't have to play from behind. You know what I'm saying? Like, we get to kick ass, man. So, yeah, I'm excited. I think Dak going to get MVP. I think between Colin Murray and Dak Prescott, it'll, it'll, he'll edge him out. Uh,
3: the, the the only reason I would I would disagree with uh, Sedacious on that, not, not because of Dak's ability or his play, I think that uh, the team around him is objectively much stronger, uh, so he won't have to look as great as uh, Kyler does. So, uh, um, so. but as far as uh, him getting uh, winning the uh, comeback play of the year, I mean, I think that's in bag. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, the Cowboys look like the most complete team in the, in the NFC right now. Uh, especially with the uh, the injuries that the Buccaneers are, are uh, experiencing right now, but uh, I love what the Cowboys got going on. Um, Michael Parsons is looking legit. Uh, when DeMarcus Lawrence comes back, he'll be legit. Diggs, oh my gosh! Um, and that offense is—I mean, I ask, where where ask the, the
2: football people some questions?
3: Go ahead,
2: go ahead. Is it a, is it a 2000s Cowboy success or is this 1990s Cowboy success that you guys think they're on? I
4: don't know, bro. I, I, I don't know. They they look like the boys from the 90s, but I don't know. We're going to have to see because... No, 90s from no, champions, 90s I'm going to say from the 90s because the they look like they,
0: they're trying to obliterate shit. So. All right. We got to move on. We got to move on. What the hell was Urban Meyer doing, bro? What was he on, Coach Johnson? Man, that nigga was getting rolled up, bruh. And,
1: <laughs> no, and he preached accountability and shit to his players, man. I ain't going to condemn him and shit. No, no
3: no, comment. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nah. <laughs> hey, bro, First time, bruh. Everybody yeah, everybody <laughs> but he really lied. lied he was like, yeah, I'm going to go back
1: and spend some time with some family. Which he did, but he didn't say that during the party that he was going to get you know,
3: hey man, y'all get
1: whippersnapper ready to uh, cough up some, yeah. yeah. You know, bro, you yeah. that nigga though, bro. Um, you're that
4: nigga, bro.
1: You're a married man with kids, but you still
4: that nigga though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro, that what nigga. happened to uh, those fans, bro? It ain't your fault that they want to put you on Twitter and shit. You know what I mean? Baby, I'm Urban Meyer. You know that? You know I'm Urban Meyer, baby. Come on. <laughs> you know the white. Ninety percent of the time, know that you hitting other shit. Is you that nigga. That's a possibility. Was really a that was just some random shit, bro. That was that was a duck
3: Yeah, that I don't that, I don't I don't think that that was a. Uh,
4: Ain't no
1: woman just gonna like randomly start dancing on Urban Mile like that, bro. Unless, even paying, even paying, out You know they love to pay. They love to play of the field, man. Hey, hey, man, it's a, hey. Oh, bro, yeah, I mean, let's dig a Let's dig a yeah, Come on. Come on, come on, bro. Come on, come on, bro.
0: What do you yeah, have from the Jags community,
3: Coach Johnson? Uh, what do I have from the Jags community? Uh, the Jags community, as far as the fans are concerned, are ready to move on. Uh, no, no, no!
0: no. Are you talking about from Urban Meyer? I ain't talking about Arizona. You are still talking about Urban Meyer? I'm you talking about Urban to Meyer. They're,
3: they're oh, okay. they move on from Urban Meyer. Right. Um, they are not happy with uh the the early returns. Uh, there were a lot of people who weren't happy with uh, uh the situation that happened with the uh, the strength and conditioning coach. Him being hired and having to be fired. They were not happy with the Tebow situation. They were not happy with the quarterback competition during preseason. They're not happy with the on field play in the 0 4 start. And they're not happy with the coach causing a distraction during Titans week. And if, How did you season, feel about that? and if there's any team that we hate more than any other team, it's the freaking Titans. They ruined our chance to go to the Super Bowl in 1999. It's the only team that we lost to that year. Uh, We were the best team in football, should have won the Super Bowl of the year, lost to the Titans. They embarrassed us, Derrick Henry did, on national TV two years ago or three years ago, whenever it was, Thursday night, the uh, 99-yard touchdown, which they play every year now uh, when we play them. Uh, They've been a thorn on our side, and this is the week that he decides to go try to get him some to release, to try to figure out a way to win some freaking games. And get caught. Hey, bro, I thought
0: your boy was dedicated and, and always
3: trying to figure <laughs> I out too, how I thought mind. so too. I thought so too. And you know what? You know what's funny is I was actually listening to uh my boy Bucky Brooks and Dane Jeremiah move six Pot before this. And they actually brought up uh, uh they equated him to uh, uh, Mike Mike Hongren uh, who who was the uh uh, coach for the uh, Green Bay Packers, went to Super Bowl with Brett Favre, went to Super Bowl with the Seattle Seahawks, uh, Matt Hasselback. Uh, but he also end up coaching the Cleveland Browns. And they said when, they, when he got to the Cleveland Browns, he no longer had the firing. They called him a 9-5 to coach. He clocked in at 9, clocked out at 5, and, you know, that, that's what it was. And they were wondering, hey, has Urban gotten as, as much success as he's going to have? And now that's that's what he's doing. Can I play
0: something real quick?
3: Go ahead,
0: bro. I've been skeptical of Urban Meyer since the offseason when he finally came on. And I mean, just correct me. I think I'm paraphrasing accurately. when He was kind of just like, Oh, you know, I'm just here to oversee things, I'm not calling plays, I'm just here to make sure things go as scheduled. I was just like, That don't sound too committed and devoted to me. It just sounds like something that you th- got the greatest managing gig ever. You think not <laughs> yeah, that but, me, but that, there's,
3: yeah, but I, I mean, I, I didn't I didn't, take that way. I don't way. know
0: if I was reading too much into that.
3: I, 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 I would say, I would say, word, but I mean, I don't know, I could be wrong now. Uh, but uh, at at the time, I mean, I mean, he would be doing the same thing that a Mike Tomlin does. He's doing the same thing that a Pete Carroll does. Uh, you know, these guys Super are college, coaches. They they, they
0: they
3: they aren't. You know, these guys are managers of the team, um, and so uh, that's what he planned <laughs> on as a manager of the team. Uh, so you know that that I, I was fine with. You know, even like a Matt Rule in uh, in uh, Carolina, uh, but um, you know. I mean, bro, for us to be 0-4, on, on dog, on 4
0: <laughs> You look hurt, bro.
3: <laughs> I am hurt, man. I'm hurt. I'm frustrated. I'm like, I'm like, man. I already well, I just like,
1: surprised, though. like.
3: Well, no, no, I'm not. Okay, I am not surprised. I was not surprised uh, with the sketchy hire, uh, which if everybody wants to go back, I was fine with the hire. I was the only person on the planet that was fine with the hire. <laughs> and all that we y'all just another episode, but. A sketchy hire that people uh didn't, didn't like. Uh uh bringing in players that, that that you know are are on the uh, on the fence. Yeah, um, you know, I uh I was uh, I was I was fine. I was I've been He's fine with my ass back. Get your ass back in the coming team booth because you not
1: a fucking football tight
3: end and the, end the Yeah, I mean I, I was fine with him bring T ball. I was fine with all that. I was fine with it because I knew at least the, the coach that I thought I knew. I thought I, was, going I thought I was getting a guy that was not going to sleep till he figured out what was going on. Right. But after being 0 and 4
1: <laughs> That nigga is sleeping, and at the helm and he's sleeping with bitches.
3: That's yes. more
4: shit.
3: Four, dog, four we, we just lose a heartbreaker. You had a chance on national TV. This is the best your team has looked all year. And you lose on uh uh on a walk-off field goal in your home city.
0: Oh, I didn't know that was the payback
3: if you keep some tail.
1: And then nah, you I'm after not- that, you go out and what the fuck are you celebrating? You thinking it's the 2020 Florida game? You go out against what? fucking homecoming what? reunion. What? As, a,
3: as a, a Jags fan, as yeah, scumbags
1: and shit, man. You ridiculous. You know And no offense to that young lady, because she probably was there for a good time, not a long time. I don't know if that was her mistress, and everyone else was just because if you look around, no one is saying anything about it, and one can make the argument: the people standing in front of him were almost acting as though a human shield,
3: but little did they know. I don't, I don't think they were acting as human shields because okay. they were, if they okay. if they if they if they were, okay. the video would have got out. I mean, I, I think he look
1: pretty content not to really move to the left or right. If you see, what to
3: <laughs> I know. I'm saying he <laughs> awkward, bro. It's like you like didn't know he on, Bridget, how to move
0: yeah. or what. Like, I was like, like, what's going on here? Yeah, bro? yeah. you gonna yeah. commit or not?
3: Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not necessarily here to necessarily talk about the video or the morality of the video or anything like that. I mean,
1: like Urban,
3: how's your uh, wife and your kids? I mean, they? uh like, like Sadisha said, like Sadisha said, if you don't know what goes on in different marriages, they've been married for a long time. mind has been the guy for a long time. What
1: about the marriage to the football team coach?
3: That's, that's what, what I'm talking you? about. That's it's what I'm talking t- t- ex- t- t- about right <laughs> here. Y'all Damn keep your wife. <laughs> y'all keep, y'all keep going up. I'm not in their marriage. I don't know what they got going on. Exactly.
0: She had put
4: out a tweet, though. She put out a tweet saying, I told them to go out. It,
3: to yeah, she did put I mean, you know, so I have no idea. She probably, she probably, they probably been doing this for a long time. So I have no she idea what the She looked really comfortable, I'll tell you that. Huh?
1: She looked really comfortable.
3: His wife? That was not his wife. The sleeves. <laughs> the sleeve. Well, we talking about the woman in the video uh, We talking about his wife. We talking about it. I'm saying that's a possibility. So I'm not, I'm not, here to talk about, I'm not here to talk about that. I'm saying as a Jaguars fan, as somebody, as somebody who's been a defender of urban Meyer, I've defended him with the thought that he was not going to sleep till things got right. And after all four on national TV in your home city, you decide to stick around. Don't even fly back home with the team. You got, you got three extra days now to prepare to beat the team that this, that this organization hates. And you stay back behind this, quote-unquote, see the family, and it get you some tail. Bruh, I am on board with the rest of the Jaguar faithful and say, get the F up out of here. We, we don't need you no more. It, you know, let's 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 go ahead and move on. Let's start the search over again because we're about to waste the best thing that's ever happened to this franchise in Trevor Lawrence. We're about to waste the cap space that we got for the next couple of years. We're about to waste the extra picks that we got. Get it. Urban Meyer and Trent Bulky as far away from the Jaguars organization as you possibly can. We are done. Hey Christian,
0: I think you call. Hey. You was breaking up, bro. I think I think I heard you incorrectly. Y'all heard me. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you heard it here first. Coach Johnson, who was normally set in stone and firm in his beliefs, and especially his teams, he has jumped off the ship officially of not the Jaguars, but the head coach of that being Urban Myers. He took Travis Etienne in the first
1: round. He did. And knowing that he was a four-year starter damn near at Clemson with all that tread on his tires, Lord forbid, I hate injuries happening, but he was, one could say in running back years, he was cruising for one due to his usage rate. Hey, you don't,
3: they on draft. don't get me started on the draft. Uh, uh, he was
0: there with this one.
3: Hey, you know what? You know what? You know
0: what? Since we there, since we're there. Hold on. If you hold, where are you about to go? We're go ahead. Have to, yeah. We have to slowly wrap up, so we can either finish with the Jags or you can have a two-minute take on your rookie QBs. But I don't know if that's right. Let's, let's go to the rookies, dog. Let's go
3: to the rookies, man. Let's just go to the rookies real quick. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> week four, week four, we saw – Major, major, major progress from uh, from at least four of the five rookies uh, that were uh, rookie quarterbacks that were drafted in the first round. Uh, Trevor Lawrence showed, showed off uh, who he was on Thursday night uh, to a national audience, to the largest audience that the NFL Network has had to watch a Thursday night football game since 2018. Uh, he looked great. Zach Wilson, <laughs> Zach Wilson. Uh, got the W, like I said, on the podcast, uh, versus a Tennessee Titans team. That sucks, uh, but he did look great. Uh, he did have one pick that wasn't his fault. Corey Davis was still doing Corey Davis things uh, by slipping uh, at the top of his route. did bring the team back to get the W in overtime. Uh, Matt Jones on the national stage versus Tom Brady. Uh, the Patriots only ran the ball, I think, eight times. Uh, he brought them in. He kept them in the game. Uh, and brought them down to set up for a game-winning field goal, uh, which doinked, uh, you know, off the left, up, right. Uh, and so they, so they missed the W there. But Mac Jones looked the part uh, pretty much as he's been looking uh, his whole time there. Justin Fields finally got an offensive coordinator and Bill Lazor to call plays for him uh, uh, so that he can show off uh, the best part of his game, which is his downfield throwing ability and his legs. Uh, uh, Hopefully, Matt Nagy will allow Bill Lazor to call to call plays for the rest of the season. Bill Lazor did call plays for uh, the end of the season last year where Mr. Bixie and Mr. Bixie Bixi averaged over 300 yards a game in those games. Now, uh, one caveat, the Detroit Lions defense is a whole lot different than the, than the Cleveland Browns defense, right? So, a lot of those games that we saw between Cleveland Browns week and Detroit Lions week, we do have to take those with a grain of salt because – Cleveland Browns defense held an offense and the Minnesota Vikings that have been averaging almost 30 points a game to seven points. So we got to take that with a grain of salt. But, uh, uh, you know, uh, they only allowed Justin Fields to throw the ball 20 times, and he looked great doing that. Trey Lance uh, and Mopo, well, not necessarily Mapa but He had to come in, in the second half. Did not look great at all. Um, he did have an a, a, a ADR pass uh, that he threw to Debo Sammy, who was wide open. Uh, He almost missed that one. Uh, But hopefully uh, Kyle Shanahan can put together a game plan uh, to try to, you know, make him look as good as possible uh, going into this week versus the 4-0 Cardinals and Kyler Murray, uh, the presumptive MVP right now. So that's what we got on the rookies. Respect the game. Yeah, man.
0: Uh, That was good, man. This has been a marvelous episode. Been a marvelous episode of uh respect the game this week. Um, if you want to know all things, if you want to know the future on the Arizona Cardinals, uh, head coach Cliff Kingsbury, quarterback Kyler Murray, you know this is the podcast for because Sean Hart is always gonna tell you all that you need to know in the future for the Arizona Cardinals. I think right now the knife, uh, the knife has been pushed inside of uh coach johnson's heart as it relates to head coach urban meyer uh but i wonder if he will decide to uh get it slowly taken out if they beat the titans and forget about all that he just said uh so that is yet to be determined i don't know if a titans victory will ease the pain it it, it won't it won't uh Okay, so he is completely off. He's off the bandwagon. <laughs> He's I off mean, the bandwagon. I want it to be.
3: I want it to be quick. Oh, uh, not quick. Swift. I want it to be swift and uh, <laughs> uh, and and quick well, and done. We
1: know where the coach's mind is at tonight. <laughs> I, I, I had, had quick and swift at the same time. in I had. We respect
0: the game, but here
1: we are in Urban
4: Meyer game.
0: But I want I want
3: to come in with with the with the swiftness and uh, and cut the cord, man, cut the cord. Hey, with the uh, quickness. <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, that's the podcast title name. That's, that's the episode with the quickness. Oh my gosh! <laughs> uh, <laughs>
3: let somebody else come in <laughs> here and um, you know hire Brian Dable, hire Joe Brady, man. Uh, you know uh, something yeah yeah yeah, man.
0: yeah. um, I'll, I want everybody to pay attention um to a very special cowboys fan that we have on this episode mm-hmm. that being sedacious Xavier Miles the one and only live the rapper, um sedacious isn't belligerent, he isn't too high, he isn't too low on the Dallas Cowboys as most cowboy fans will be around this time, so everyone pay attention and keep a post on on uh, as the season progresses, um. I think I think that's something definitely worth keeping your eye on. Uh, the post of the cowboy, a true cowboy fan. Um, yeah, man. Uh, so, gonna close this episode out a uh, little bit of encouragement uh, for you, good peoples uh, spirit. So I know everybody is getting caught up in the hoopla, the meaning, the decoding, the messages, and the meaning of the Squid Game that just recently came out, the series that just recently came out on Netflix. So obviously it has a lot of hidden messages in it, capitalism, so on and so forth. I probably need to like I I didn't watch all of it. I need to like watch it and forward to take in all the all the little uh, nuances please, of please. it. Uh, but but one thing that stood out to me emphatically about the Squid Game is that the director of this film, made this film twelve years ago. I was trying to get it on, I was trying to get it greenly, was trying to get people to take it, trying to get people to buy it, trying to get it in theaters and so on and so forth. And he was constantly, constantly denied, rejected. Get that out of here. We don't want it. We don't know what that is what that's about. Keep that for yourself. Made this 12 years ago, um, using expending whatever resources he had to try to continue building it or whatever, shopping the script around. Kept kept getting doors slammed in his face 12 years ago. um. But instead of letting that dream go that he had, he maintained it, held on to it, continued to pour into it, and continued to hold on to it. And here he is now, a uh, director from, uh, from Korea, wrote the script 12 years ago, and now is number one in 90 countries. Um. So to anybody out there in this world, you might have a dream, but it, the dream that you have or whatever you've created or executed so far, that appointed time hasn't yet met the work and all the things that you've done. Those two those two instances have not yet co- uh, connected. Sometimes you can feel like, damn, I've done all this work or I got the perfect idea or whatever the case may be. Um, and, but for whatever reason, it's not clicking And you. Most people would just throw it out the window and be like, okay, it wasn't meant to be. Oh, uh, all right, man, uh, God put it in your heart, hold on to it, don't let it go. Um, just wait on that appointed time. 12 years may seem like a long time, but, hey, like Nipsey, Nipsey Hussle said, the only distinguishing quality from him and all the other rappers is that he didn't quit. And so this uh, director of Squid Game from North Korea, or not, I don't, I'm going to just say Korea, he just didn't quit and he didn't give up on getting his movie put out there in the universe. So don't quit. That's also a part of respecting the game. Don't quit on your dreams, beautiful people. Love, and we will see you next week. It's a marathon.